0: This program is sponsored by Blazing Grace Ministries. This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Send me! Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here. Welcome back
1: to Blazing Grace Radio. Thank you for joining us. Just yesterday, Fox News had an article where um, I've got the uh, headline here. It says G-string clad prostitutes prowl the San Diego streets, families, businesses forced to scramble. So what has happened is they basically technically legalized prostitution in California recently where prostitutes can solicit for it, but prostitution is still illegal And law enforcement is saying it's impossible to reinforce this. So the shocker is that now women are walking down the streets of San Diego topless and wearing G-strings, and people are getting the shock of their life. And California, with its population of 40 million, is the the state with the largest population in the nation, and the saying goes that... As California goes, so goes the nation, and my guess this day, we'll be able to shed some light on where we're going here, and so Germany is known as the economic engine of Europe. Most of us will think of Mercedes-Benz or BMW, or maybe Audi, <clears throat> Volkswagen when we think of Germany, but with The legalized prostitution that Germany has had for years, they are also sometimes referred to as the bordello of Europe. Germany has an estimated 400,000 prostitutes that are visited by 1.2 million men per day. There are more than 3,000 brothels across the country, 500 in Berlin alone. So my guest today and next week is calling in from Germany. Jennifer Fiesefelt originally is from California, and she has been living in Stuttgart, Germany, for the last 15 years. She is married, and they have three boys. She is a missionary with Kainos EV, a Christian nonprofit, whose goal is to bring freedom and new life to victims of trafficking and sexual exploitation. Jen is the program lead, supporting each ministry area in prevention, intervention and the restorative program New Beginnings. She gives presentations at Bible schools, churches, and other small groups, networks with the government and other organizations, and she assists with emergency exits and works with survivors one-on-one in the New Beginnings program. Jen, thank you for calling in from Germany and welcome to the program.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: So let's begin by telling us how you got into this ministry.
2: Well, I grew up in a mission-focused church, so missions was on my heart. um, And I found out about sex trafficking when I was in high school looking um, for a way to serve God in missions. It was a bit of a broad topic and looking through World Vision website, I found safe homes in Thailand and that just struck me to the core when I did some more research and found out about sexual exploitation, sex trafficking, that there were children who knew more about sex than I did. Um, and it was difficult to swallow when I found out that this was being fueled mainly by the wealthy businessmen and doctors from the U.S.
3: Mm.
2: And so I knew this is how I want to serve God. This is the place I want to go.
1: So sex trafficking in Asia is fueled by the wealthy in the U.S.?
2: Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Um, yes, sex trafficking is a huge problem, and what it is it's sex tourism and so, when I finished high school and in college, I was doing a lot of research about this area, and my heart was set on going there um, and because I wanted to be a missionary, I decided hmm, maybe I should have a little bit of Bible school. So I went to Bible school in England, and actually that's where I met my husband. Um, He's German, and his dream was to work for Mercedes as an engineer, um, and mine was to work with women who want to exit uh, sex trafficking, so in safe homes. And I thought, I don't know what's going on in Germany, but surely there's something for me to do. Mm. Um, And that's when I changed my focus from looking at Asia to checking out what is going on in Germany. And back in 2005, 2006, 2007, there wasn't a lot of information. What you could find was the well-known big-name cities, Amsterdam in the Netherlands, Berlin, Hamburg, but I knew um, when I moved here that I would be living in the South. Uh, And so I did. We got married and I moved here 2008. And um, I didn't start in missions work until 2014 because uh, God blessed us with our three boys right away. But during that time, the church where we attend the International Baptist Church, the pastor and his wife at that time, God had put sex trafficking on her heart, Lana Packer. And she approached the women's ministry where I was serving at the time and said, we need to do something about this. We need to get involved locally, which was huge for me because I had this topic on my heart. I wanted to make a difference in this area, but because I got married and then we had kids, it all took a little bit longer. Anyways, the our efforts started basically with research and prayer. And because I had my little ones at my feet, um, I didn't actually get to join Kainos until uh, 2015. And at that time, uh, the ministry had begun by going out and visiting women in Brussels, and the team realized quickly that we needed to do more than just visit ladies in Brussels, but we needed a safe home, and we needed some kind of recovery program, and that's when New Beginnings was created. And when that was shared, I realized, okay, God, this is what you had put on my heart back when I was in high school. That's why I wanted to enter, to help women during their recovery uh, process. Mm.
1: So, what do these women go through who are being trafficked or in prostitution? What does a day look like for them?
2: Oh, they're long hours, and From the women we speak with, they have to have at least 20 customers a day in order to pay their pimps, in order to pay their fees at the brothel. So they're working long hours in order to meet the requirement to pay off all their debts. Uh, In Germany, like you said, it's legal, and it was legalized back in 2002 because the government wanted to protect women in prostitution, and they thought, if we legalize it, then we can create laws within prostitution, so men have to wear condoms. In 2017, they also restricted um, a a one-time fee so men could go and pay 50 euros and then have as much sex as they wanted um, with as many women as they wanted. Um, Women are supposed to receive health benefits and they're supposed to receive retirement. The problem is most of the women... Are foreigners so most of the women are coming from Eastern Europe um, they actually come from all over the world but the largest population is Eastern Europe and they're coming because uh, out of poverty basically they need to earn the money so they they don't read and write they don't know how to sign job contracts and they're just completely taken advantage of so they're usually brought here from lover boys Um, I think they're called Romeos in the US but basically they're men who go in Bulgaria, Romania, in Hungary and they pretend to win the women over in a love relationship Um, and then they bring them to Germany but the process from getting them from their home country and bringing them to Germany, we call it the breaking process. Mm. The women are, um, they're lied to, they're told that uh, they're they're coming to Germany because the boyfriend has a job here and he can make money and if she would just come with him, then she can be a part of this process, and so she goes. Or he fakes a debt in the home country and says, Oh, if we go to Germany, then I know a way that you can help work off this debt, and then I can marry you, and our fairy tale lives can come true. And so this is the way the women come here, and when they get here, They're often gang-raped, they're drugged, they're given alcohol to perform these acts in prostitution. So even though prostitution is legal in Germany, it doesn't mean that the women are coming because they want to prostitute themselves. It doesn't mean that they're coming because they think this is a great job and it will be um, a way that they can sexually... um, fulfill all of their sexual desires or whatever, how people like to twist it. Prostitution in Germany is very dark. Mm. It's a very dark place where women, when we go in and you look in their eyes, there's a deadness because they understand that they're just an object to gratify someone else's desire. And they have been lied to, they have been beaten, they have been threatened. And all they understand is that they need to pay off this debt in order to have their freedom. But that debt is an impossible debt to pay. And therefore, they numb out on drugs and alcohol. Mm. It's a very sad place to be.
1: I'm going to read a quote I found from an ex-sex trade survivor there in Germany. Um, she says, The German system has effectively legalized rape so long as it's done to a prostituted woman. The sex buyers show little to no empathy towards the women. It's like having a cup of coffee when you're done. You throw it out, said one. It's like renting an organ for 10 minutes, said another. And then uh, and then once it one guy said, prostitution is good for society because men have an excessive sex drive, and men can't take it out on them without attacking other women or attacking children. So you talk about twisted and evil and dark, that's about as backwards as it gets. So how does all of that trauma, you said they numb out, uh, affect them, and you said there's a blank, numb look in their eyes?
2: Right, How does it affect them? This is going to be like one of the saddest places that you can go. Because the women understand that they're only an object. And they don't know if they're going to be choked or punched or slapped. They don't know if they're going to be robbed. They don't know what's going to happen to them when the customer comes in. Every woman working in a brothel has an emergency button that she needs to press if she feels like she's going to be murdered. Mm. Um, But there are so many women who are prostituting themselves in apartments, um, on the street. Behind closed doors where nobody knows where they're at and they have no safety, they have no button they can press. It is. Um, The quotes that you read are from a new report that's just come out uh, because what we, you know, our focus has been on the women, on the victim side of things, and we're trying to understand what is fueling this, like what is inside the head of a buyer. And so there was a um, loads of interviews done for people who purchase sex to try to understand what is going on in their heads, and that's the way that men have described it. Um, they really go in, and it's like using the toilet. They relieve themselves and they leave. That's just like to give you a picture of how emotionless, how heartless. Um, the action within prostitution is. I think so many people want to think of Pretty women or Pretty Woman, the movie, right? We want to make it glamorous. We want to make it um, like a fairy tale, like a man is going in there and he's actually saving her out of poverty or he's um, helping her in some way, but actually that's just totally not what's going on. It's really about male domination. And I also describe prostitution as legalizing paid rape. Mm -hmm. And I think what we really, anyone who's worked with women in prostitution and anyone who's been uh, working with those who've been trafficked for sex, you start having to ask yourself, okay, but what about the buyer's what about the people who are fueling this? I, I want to help the victims. I want to go in there and and I want to share truth and hope and light and love and I hope that she exits and when she does, I want to walk a journey with her where she's going to experience um, wholeness and forgiveness and, and that's going to be beautiful. But... You know what then the traffickers go and get another woman then the men keep going and purchasing so you get to a point where you're like okay yes I do want to help women but we have to address the demand Mm
3: -hmm.
2: we have to understand what's going on and the myth I mean one of my neighbors said to me oh that's really good what you do except that if women didn't prostitute themselves then you know what about my child what about my daughter you know she might get raped <laughs> it's like hold on a second are we not addressing the issue of responsibility here like where is um, the responsibility for men if they have sexual desires it doesn't mean that they can just go rape somebody they they're still held accountable for their actions right
1: so tell us um, some stories of what um, your ministry has done and, and what, what I mean is uh, the healing process, how you've saved some women from out of this darkness and what that looks like and um, overcoming and healing. What does that look like?
2: Yeah, Um well, we're a Christian non nonprofit, so it would say anything any of our wins is really because Christ went before us, right? And he started the journey before us um But I remember one of my teammates uh sharing her story we went They went in with um they went in with Bibles and some gifts to give to the women. And as they were going room to room, because it kind of looks like a dormitory, and you walk up and down the hallway, um, visiting women standing at the doors of their rooms, and she handed her the Gospel of John, and they shared a few nice words, and then my teammate walked along to the next woman, and then to the next woman, and then she heard these clickety clicks of high heels, coming down the hallway, and she turned around and she saw this woman and the woman had tears coming down her eyes because she had opened the gospel of john Mm. and she had read the first couple of chapters and she realized there is a god who sees her and who loves her and he's this light that's come into her dark place and he wants her to know his love and that's a beautiful story of Jesus revealing himself to somebody who's prostituting themselves. And I wish I could say, yes, and then she exited, and, and we walked this incredible journey with her, and now she's got this great life. But that's about as much as we know about her story. Um, and that's what we have to accept at Kainos, right? We're not going to have the privilege to walk a journey with every single woman from start to finish, but are we going to be faithful, um, visiting women, sharing the gospel, and trusting that God's going to complete His work in that woman's life? And that was a really great experience for our team to have, and to learn to trust that God will see things through. Mm. Um, That's what it's like to bring hope into these dark places. It's going and standing with a woman who just found out that her child had been hit by a car. Um, And a woman that was standing there ministering to her said that her child had been hit by a car. And they could pray together and cry together. And you realize, wow, our God does some pretty amazing things. I have something in my head of how he needs to bring hope and, and save lives. And I guess I've had to let that go. God can give hope and he can, he can already speak and touch women's hearts in the brothels, even if it means they don't walk out with me that day. Even if it means they don't walk out with me ever Maybe somebody else gets the privilege of seeing her through that journey. Um, But that's not every case. We have had a case where our team has prayed with a woman. They brought her food during the pandemic. They stayed in communication with her. And then after nine months of Continuing to reach out to this woman in prostitution, she said, I've had enough. I've had enough. I'm tired of being looked over, and I want out. Mm -hmm. Um, She was older, and so the team moved quickly, and they brought her to our safe home, and I was able to work with her, meet with her, not only do we share the gospel, but it's really sharing your life with that person um, and helping them. You know, they have to work through a lot of trauma and realizing that um, they are strong. They think they're not, but they are. They're survivors. And it's this strength that they have in them that allowed them to walk out and it's the strength that they have inside of them that helps them to learn a new skill and it's the strength inside of them that helps them to forgive Mm. so that they can move on and
1: well jen we've got about a minute mm -hmm. left Oh, so 30 seconds anything you want to say
2: It is a joy to work with women in prostitution, Um, but it's also on my heart that we would do prevention work and that we would go out and raise awareness in our communities, Um, talking about uh, sex trafficking, pornography, the addiction, what hold it has on us, and God's freedom Mm. that He offers
1: Amen. And we will continue this conversation next week with Jen. So, hope to see you next time and thank you for joining us.
2: Thank you.
3: Do you wanna be free?
0: Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Jenung's books, groups, counseling or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org, email us at email at blazinggrace.org, or call the office at 719-888-5144.
3: This program was sponsored by Blazing Grace Ministries.